1: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro recharge kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch: a combo! time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle.
1: Well, hello everybody and welcome to a late week edition of Brewers on Tap. Hot stove edition as the Brewers with a lot of activity over the course of this week. Of course, uh, arbitration, will it be avoided? Will it not be avoided for all these players across Major League Baseball deadline today? And it does look like the Brewers are going to have a couple of players end up in arbitration. Josh Hader, Brent Suter, a couple of left-handers. Not a huge surprise really for either, especially for Hater. He's a super two guy, which means there aren't a lot of comps for guys uh, from a compensation standpoint at this point in their career that are heading into being arbitration eligible. So kind of a challenging situation and uh, not totally shocked that that ends up in arbitration. Uh, We'll see where that ends up landing in terms of the number when it's all said and done. And, of course, Brent Suter, kind of a unique situation. He's gone back and forth between being a starter and a reliever in his career. He had the Tommy John surgery, and so a little bit of a unique spot for Brent Suter as well. So those two gentlemen look like they're headed for arbitration. The only other player that was still left for the Brewers to settle things up with was Omar Narvaez, the catcher they traded for with Seattle Back earlier in the offseason and Narvaez did agree to a one-year deal so he is in place and that's one less thing the Brewers front office has to worry about as they get ready for spring training the big news over the course of the week the Brewers adding a couple of more players into the mix of course since we last talked before the holidays the Brewers were starting to assemble that roster well they've added Eric Sogard they've added Justin smoke they have put some pieces together now And this week, they added Jed Jerko on a major league deal. The former Cardinal, former Padre, finished last year with the Dodgers, and he figures into the mix at third base. And then they also added Logan Morrison on a minor league deal, which is a a unique deal because Logan Morrison's had some big years in the major leagues himself. He had 38 home runs just a couple of seasons ago, and so... Uh, Logan Morrison is kind of a unique, interesting name that's going to be in big league camp. May not make the 26-man roster for opening day, but could factor into things. And I, I look at the Logan Morrison deal like this. I I like it from this standpoint. Uh, you've seen guys like Matt Adams, guys like Mark Reynolds have impact uh, over the course of a season. Maybe they're not the primary first baseman for their team, uh, but they've been able to hit for some power, and have impact for their teams down the stretch. Now, I'm not saying that's what Logan Morrison's going to be. I'm not saying he's going to get that opportunity even. However, I think Logan Morrison, a guy that has power, at some point over the course of the season, could factor into things for the Brewers and be a nice depth play for the crew. So he's in on a minor league deal. Tuffy Gosiewicz also in on a minor league deal. Both of them invited to big league camp. But the big one this week was certainly Jed Jerko. And look, Jed Jerko had a tough 2019. He had a calf injury, a back injury. He was limited to just over 100 plate appearances. He had very anemic numbers compared to what Jed Jerko has had over the course of his career. But if you think that he's healthy and you think he can find something close to what he'd had the previous three seasons before his 2019 season. You can see why this makes a lot of sense for the Brewers. So now you have a third base situation for the crew where Mike Moustakis is gone, but in all likelihood, you have Eric Sogard and Jed Jerko that are going to platoon at third. That's what it looks like right now on the surface. Now you have Ryan Healy who could factor into the mix a little bit as well. He's had injury issues himself and trying to get himself healthy, but he's had some productive years with the A's and Mariners. He's also a part of that corner infield solution for the Brewers between first base and third base. But I think right now when you look at it, you figure that Sogard and Jerko are going to be your third baseman heading into opening day at the end of March. Well, that might not sound like Mike Moustakis, but when you start looking at some of the numbers... I think there's an argument there that a platoon between these two guys, at least offensively, can give you very similar production, believe it or not, to Mike Mustakas. That's assuming that Jed Jerko's healthy and he doesn't have a repeat of 2019. And that's assuming you're getting the 2017 or 2019 version of Eric Sogard and not the 2018. So you're you're, you're taking some chances here, but that's that's what you have to do. No team can look at a guy and predict exactly what his season's going to be. Nothing's linear when it comes to baseball. Things go up and things go down, and you hope that you hit guys, uh, hit on guys at the right time so you're able to cash in on their good seasons. Nobody thought that Travis Shaw was going to have the 2019 that he had after the 17 and 18 he'd put together. And furthermore, after the 18 that Eric Sogard had, nobody thought he was going to have the 19 that he had. So there's no way to really predict these things. You have to do the best that you can. But let's just look at Mike Moustakis. and I'm going to use a statistic that uh, a lot of people in baseball uh, are are really big on right now. And that's OPS plus. You'll see sports writers, baseball writers, quote and and throw out OPS plus all the time, adjusted OPS. And what that really means is, if the average score is 100, how much better than the average player were you? If you have a 122, you were 22 points better than the average hitter. If you were at an 88, you were 12 points worse than the average hitter. Um, So that's kind of, I mean, it's a very, very Cliff Notes version of what OPS Plus is, but it gives you a little bit of an idea. So if, if you're north of 100, you had a pretty good year. And if you're well north of 100, you had a really good year, okay? So Mike Moustakis, we know he's a great hitter. We know he was a tremendous clubhouse guy, and you can't really put a number on that. You can't quantify what he meant in the Brewers' clubhouse. But we know he's a good hitter. So let's go to 2018. He was a 107 in OPS+. plus. He was a 114 in 2019. Very good numbers. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those at all. Um, Mike Moustakis is one of my favorite guys I've covered In my four seasons with the Brewers, you're not going to hear me say a negative thing about him. I think he's going to be great in Cincinnati, and I think he's going to put up big numbers in Great American Ballpark. But if the Brewers are trying to replace that production, here's what you have. You have Jed Jerko, who over the last two years, before last year's injury-riddled season, in 2017, he had a 975 OPS, not OPS+, plus, just an OPS, against left-handed pitching. In 2018, he had a 919 OPS against left-handed pitching. He has a career 796 OPS against lefties. Okay, he hit 30 home runs in 16. You probably heard that by now. Hit 20 home runs in 17. Had uh, 21 doubles in 17. Had an 813 OPS just in general, not against lefties, just overall in 2017. But now we look at OPS plus. For Jed Jerko, and this isn't versus lefties specifically, this is just in general, what was his OPS plus in those years? 111 in 16, 112 in 17, and 108 in 18. Now remember, he's probably going to be playing primarily, primarily against left-handed pitching so you could even bump those numbers up a little bit for Jed Jerko. So that's one part of the platoon. The second part of the platoon offensively is Eric Sogard. 810 OPS last year, 13 home runs, career high, 295 with a 795 OPS against right-handed pitching last year. OPS plus of 112 against right-handed pitching last year for Eric Sogard. In 2017 with the Brewers, again, 2018 was was a tough year for Eric Sogard. We all know that. He ended up getting DFA'd by the Brewers, but now he's back. 2017 with the Brewers, 772 OPS versus right-handed pitching and a 110 OPS. The point is, you combine these two guys, I'm not sure you have Mike Moustakis, but I think you're in the ballpark when you're platooning them and running them out there like that. Um, that's, it's, it, that's that's kind of a, a big thing to say, and I'm going out on a ledge a little bit, but the numbers kind of back it up, that, the, that there's not a huge difference between this platoon and Mike Moustakis. From an offensive standpoint. Now, again, there's all sorts of other things that you can play into this, and I'm 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 using one random metric here. Um, you can look at the home runs and say, "Well, my Stock is, you know, <laughs> 38 home runs." I mean, you can you can play this game and, and spin it in other directions. But if you are somebody that subscribes to OPS plus, and it's a very popular statistic in the sabermetric world right now for valuing hitters, you can see where there's pretty good value right there in that platoon that the Brewers look like they're going to roll out on opening day in 2020. Now, first base, let's talk about Justin Smoke for a second. 2017, big year. 883 OPS for the switch hitter. He was an all-star in 2017. 2018, OPS plus of 122. And back in that 2017 season I was just talking about, had an OPS plus of 134. This dude was big time in 17 and 18. He had big numbers. He was a Big time contributor in those two seasons. Had a tough year last year. No doubt about it. Had a tough year last year. But Justin Smoke is you go look at over a five-year period, there's plenty of reason to believe that he's gonna be a very productive hitter at Miller Park. And I'm excited to see what he's gonna be able to do for the Brewers offensively. So that's that's some numbers that we're breaking down on some of these Brewers editions. And you try I, I just I'm just trying to help you get your mind around. You know, what the Brewers are doing and how they're building this team, I think it's going to be really interesting. There's a lot of depth. There's depth everywhere right now across that infield. Let's go through the infield real quick. Narvaez and Pena at catcher. And Narvaez, a great option offensively. Pena, great option defensively. Pena hit very well from about June 1 on last year, and he crushes lefties. Narvaez, he can get it done against righties pretty well, as we know. At first base, smoke. Probably see Braun over there a little bit. Ryan Healy, if it calls for it at some point, Logan Morrison, if he gets put on the roster at some point, those are some of the the options at first base. At second base, Keston Hero. At shortstop, you've got competition there, Orlando Arcia, Luis Urias, and Urias is still a big time prospect that has a chance to be a really special player, and we're going to find out, I think, a lot about him here in 2020. Then at third, we just took you through that, Sogard. Jerko, maybe some Ryan Healy if he's on the 26-man roster. And then in the outfield, and the Brewers are really strong in the outfield, are Avisio Garcia in, in left, Lorenzo Kane in center, Yelich in right, Ryan Braun in left, fifth outfielder Ben Gamel. That's a pretty set group right there. You don't have to deviate much from that group. If everybody stays healthy You know who your five outfielders are going to be, on opening day right now. So from a position player standpoint, I like this group. If Lorenzo Cain has an offensive season like he had in 2018, if Jed Jerko bounces back and is healthy and can be the productive hitter that he was in 16, 17, and 18, if Eric Sogard can come close to duplicating what he did in 2019... If you can get added production from the shortstop position, if Keston Hira is just Keston Hira, if Christian Yelich is just Christian Yelich, if Ryan Braun is the guy he's been over the second half of 2018 and really for the majority of last season, and if VCO Garcia is the guy you think that you, you can see where this is a pretty good team. This is a pretty good group that has a chance to do some major damage in the NL Central. So I'm excited about this group. I really am. Now, from a pitching standpoint, it's exciting as well. Brandon Woodruff, see how he kind of rounds into form at the top of this rotation, takes that next step again, can stay healthy this year. Adrian Hauser, I think, is in line to make a big jump in 2020. That's one of my picks to click, if you will. I think Adrian Hauser has a chance to really have a big year. He knows he's going to be a starter. He knows he's going to be in that rotation. He has a chance to settle in and deal a little bit. And I think we saw flashes of that last year from Adrian Hauser. Then you talk about Eric Lauer. A guy that's dominated the Dodgers over the course of his career. A lefty with really good stuff. Very high-value guy that people think has a chance to still be very special before it's all said and done. And then you look at Josh Lindblom. What's he going to be able to do coming over from Korea? That's going to be an intriguing story to follow. It's going to be something. And then Brett Anderson, who had a very solid year last year for the Oakland A's. And then you've got arms like Burns and Peralta and Souter. And then, of course, the back part of your bullpen with Hater. And you get Canable back, I mean, this is a good group. Ray Black, I think, is an exciting guy. It's going to be interesting. Now, the Jerko signing meant Jake Faria got designated for assignment. So we'll see if Jake Faria is able to stick in the organization or if he is claimed by somebody the Brewers would like to find a way to keep him in the organization if uh, he can clear waivers. It's going to be interesting. I, it, this, is, this is fun. This is fun stuff. And I, I think a lot of people anticipated a lot of player movement this year. It certainly has happened. The other big news is that the skipper has been extended through the 2023 season. Craig Council has agreed to a contract extension. That is very good news for the Brewers, for Brewers fans, and everybody else in between. 405 wins for Craig Council. Took over after a 7-18 start for Ron Renneke at the beginning of the 2015 season. He's been the manager ever since. 405. By the end of this year, he should pass Ned Yost. He should be number Two on the all-time list in terms of managerial wins for the Brewers by the end of this year. And he's going to be knocking on the door of Phil Garner, who had 563 as the Brewers manager. By next year, Craig Council most likely is the all-time wins leader in Brewers history. Pretty cool story. Local guy managing this team. He's been in the top five in NL manager of the year over the last three years. 86 wins in 2017 with a team that nobody thought was going to be there. Getting a team to the NLCS game seven in 2018. And of course, getting back to the postseason last year in 2019. It's a good thing for the Brewers that Craig Council is going to be the skipper for the foreseeable future. That's the news on the crew. Brewers on Deck coming up in a couple of weeks. Already sold out. Hope you got your tickets because I want to see you there. Hopefully we'll have some other news to maybe share with you before then. If not, we will certainly talk to you from Brewers on Deck and shortly thereafter as well. Have a great weekend. Stay away from all this snow in Wisconsin this weekend if you are in the area. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Len